When we go to the hospital, we want to be treated for what's ailing us. We also want to be heard and validated. When Toby Palma, a Las Vegas, Nevada woman in her early 40s, went into the emergency room several times complaining of severe pain all over her body, her doctors kept telling her they didn't know what was wrong with her, even after prescribing medication. For some reason, the antibiotic just wasn't working. And I would go back to the doctor, and he would just kind of, you know, pacify me and say, it's just a bladder infection, a kidney infection. On one of those ER visits, Toby had to be hospitalized for several days as the pain in her stomach worsened. During this stay, Toby's doctors still couldn't figure out what was wrong with her, which left her confused and frustrated. I didn't have, you know, anything major wrong with me, so for me to feel that sick and not be validated was really weird, too. After over a year of ER visits, which left her without answers or effective pain relief, Toby was eventually referred to a palliative care specialist who took the time to get a full understanding of her symptoms and her stress. It eventually led to a proper diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. This is a story about regaining control of your life and your care. This is a story about having your voice heard. This is Toby's palliative care story. Before diagnosis, Toby says her life was 360 degrees different. She was living an active and productive life as a wife and a mother of two sons in their early 20s and as a professional who helped children with special needs find the right services. I was working full-time. It was a job that I absolutely loved, and I was also working on my master's degree. Very active, type A personality, just nonstop, go, go, go. I had a wonderful life. Toby's active life came to a screeching halt around Halloween 2011, when her body started breaking down. My legs were like someone was electrocuting me. I, I mean, that's the best way I've been able to describe the pain. I mean, I couldn't walk. Cognitively, I was like really slow answering questions and just it, it seemed like everything was in a haze or something. And then on top of the pain, I would have tremors, leg tremors, horrible headaches, things like that. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Seven months later, Toby still didn't have answers. Her doctor said they couldn't find a cause for her pain. Pain and tears and suffering and ER visits, being turned away at the ER because I don't look sick. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't know what was wrong. Nobody knew what was wrong. My mom is a nurse, and she's just like, I'm baffled. Like, we don't know what to do. So, of course, you seek out medical attention. And the medical community was like, every door was shutting. Like, I was just like, well... I guess they're going to find out when I die because I can't live like, my body's not going to continue like this. During one of those hospital visits, looking for answers and concerned about her well-being, Toby's primary care doctors, which included her neurologist, called a palliative care specialist to come speak with her. The palliative care doctor talked to Toby and asked specific questions about her pain, not just asking the question, do you have pain? but more targeted questions like, when during the day is the pain the worst? What specific activities cause you pain? 
Does it affect your sleep? He said, this girl needs something for pain. He stepped in and they put me on the pain pump. And for the first time, I was like, oh, okay, there is some hope. They left me, you know, on that pump throughout the whole stay. And it, it was better. Toby returned from that hospital visit feeling energized by that short experience with palliative care. But only a few days later, her legs gave out while she was walking in her home and she fell. This incident and the hospital visit that followed finally led her doctors to a proper diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. They were like, oh, you know, like, okay, she was, you know, there was something wrong with her. And at the time, I didn't even know what that was either, MS, really. I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it entailed. Now with the diagnosis, Toby recalled that incident in the hospital with a palliative care specialist, and she asked her primary care doctors about this kind of service. She then learned two things. One, that palliative care was available to her right away, and two, that it was covered by insurance. She was eventually referred to the palliative care team at Sunrise Hospital and Medical Center, led by Leslie Hunter Johnson, an advanced practice nurse. Palliative care is still one of those disciplines that look at the whole body, the whole picture, the whole clinical picture, including quality of life and, and the four pillars of quality of life. How are we going to get you to be the best person you can be? We put all the pieces together that have been separated from our, our subspecialties, and we put all the pieces back in one basket and help sort everything out. Palliative care is provided by a specially trained team of doctors, nurses, and other specialists who work together with a patient's other doctors to provide an extra layer of support. Leslie's team in particular sees over 1,500 patients a year with serious illnesses. We try to find what the patient's goal is. What is the goal for you for our hospitalization or our encounter? And sometimes that, that target may change, and we need to make sure as we have daily encounters that we realize the original target is not obtainable, so we now we have to move the target and we focus on the new target. We want to make sure that the goals are the patient's goals, not our goals. Multiple sclerosis is a disease that affects the central nervous system. This includes the brain, spinal cord, and optic nerves. The disease tacks the nerve fibers as well as the fatty substances around them. The scarring of damaged nerves is called sclerosis, which gives MS its name. Doctors think the causes of MS are both environmental and genetic, but the true cause is not known. And MS can be very hard to diagnose. This was especially true in Toby's case. She's a very strong individual, and she was beaten down by her illness and, and the practitioners. It can be like an invisible diagnosis, because unlike a broken bone, it's, it's kind of, you know, we really can't see the disability. So that's where she has a lot of the people who treat her, they don't believe her because they really can't see what's going on. Now, the first thing the palliative care did in their initial meeting with Toby and her family was get to know them, understand Toby's pain, as well as their frustrations. Palliative care specialists sit down with patients and their family members and talk at length about all aspects of their illness. Once I became a palliative care patient, it was like a, a whole new side of medicine was revealed to me. They were so compassionate and non-judging and empathetic, and they wanted to help. Before her illness, Toby and her family didn't know what palliative care was and what it could do. So the first step for Leslie was to give them an understanding of what it could offer. Ironically, her mother is a, is a nurse, and she also felt that she didn't know what to do. She didn't even realize that palliative care 
is a bridge for chronic illnesses, and, and we ride the storm with people. So we were able to get her involved with a outpatient palliative care program after she was discharged from our acute care center and so she could have continuous follow-up, and that's where she's at today. Toby now receives palliative care many different ways. Sometimes she goes into Leslie's palliative care clinic. When she can't make it in, she receives home visits. When emergencies happen, Toby often Skypes with a palliative care specialist to get answers. This helps her avoid unnecessary visits to the hospital. We also have a chaplain that, that comes and prays, which we're very active in prayer in our family, so that has been such a huge blessing. And then my oldest son received um, therapy, so he could go and talk. Let's get specific about how palliative care helps Toby day to day. Now, we know that pain was causing Toby immense discomfort, but how exactly does palliative care treat pain? Leslie says it starts with listening and trusting the patient. Well, number one, we believe that she hurts. She doesn't, you know, some people feel like they are being judged, and we actually, if you tell us you hurt, we believe you, and we're going to act accordingly. We want our goals to be her goals, and the goals of care should be driven by the patient and the family, not the practitioner. And, you know, she owns the pain, we don't. So we actually take time to, you know, help her understand her pain and her pain process and how we can manage that pain. As the illness progresses, it gets harder for Toby to be active, but she wants to be able to be with her family and do small things each day. Some palliative care treatments for MS include medications and techniques to relieve muscle spasms, calm nerves, ease depression, and manage pain. If you have a chronic disease state, our goal of zero for pain is not a realistic goal either for you. We want to make sure it's manageable, um, achievable, obtainable with the least amount of sedation possible, you know, because we can, you know, we can do that. That's, that's our expertise. As her disease progresses, Toby's palliative care team has to be more creative to keep her quality of life as best it can be. So when we initially saw her, we made some changes, and then the, the next day for follow-up, you know, her, her anxiety was decreased because her pain was better managed. She was not too sedated, so she found that a very happy medium. It was very helpful for her. Recently, Toby utilized palliative care when she was having a pain crisis. This past couple of months, I was having horrible tremors in my legs. I mean, I couldn't walk, and I went to the palliative care clinic, and they addressed those. They were like, even though that's like a neurological, you know, they could have passed me off or whatever, but they they found a mix that works. And thank God, like, my tremors are minimal to none now. And I was suffering, I mean, horribly, you know. So, and the palliative care doctor, she's so compassionate, and she, you know, she told me, she said, I did some research, I made sure the medications wouldn't interact, and it, it, it's just a level of trust and confidence in these doctors. I, I just wish that every doctor would was like them. We talk every day about, well, yesterday our goal for you was to manage your pain. Today we're going to manage your anxiety. So every encounter, we review the previous encounter's goals and and see how we've met them, and then we now look for the next goal. So it's a, it's a very dynamic process. So we just, it's not just like medicine where you, you're, you're going to have surgery and you're going to get better. 
every day changes, and we need to address every day with the new symptoms, whether improved or, you know, worsen, and, and just focus on them. In addition to pain and symptom management, palliative care specialists are trained in communication skills. When you're ill, you may not understand your illness fully or understand what to expect from treatment. Being uncertain about where you are and where you're headed is a crucial thing to address. Sometimes it, it requires us to break down those barriers and explain the whole disease process for that individual. Once people have a better grasp on their health care, they can actually embrace it. Leslie says that the main ingredient to good communication is honesty. If you're not honest, you're going to give missed messages. And if you, if you give mixed messages, patients don't have an opportunity to plan. And if you, you know, if you take away optimism, they kind of, you know, kind of lose faith. So we, we, sometimes we say we can't reach this goal, but let's get a new goal. So we kind of encourage them and engage them every day. But when you sugarcoat something and you give shades of gray, it's giving missed messages and you're not clear. And when you're not clear, you can't plan for the future. Let's talk about anxiety. An illness obviously affects the patients physically, which, as we've mentioned, can cause immense stress. Toby feels that anxiety is huge and it's just so prevalent of what's going on. She's anxious about, will her pain be managed? She's anxious about, do I have to go to the hospital? Will they believe me? All of that anxiety just aggravates Toby's underlying problem and, and her symptoms. And when your anxiety is so high, you lose focus. It's almost like a magnet on your brain, much like pain. You can't think clearly. Toby's stress is an ongoing burden as well. After all, if you're dealing with a chronic illness that keeps you in bed or on the couch most days, feelings of depression or anxiety are bound to creep in. It's not just about the medicinal part. It's about your social, you know, your, your well-being, your mental health, and your you know, you're still a person and you're, you know, you have this diagnosis and you, but what do you want to do? You know, what, what can we help with? Just them asking things like that meant so much. So how exactly do you treat anxiety? Well, in addition to anti-anxiety medication, talking through your struggles is important. We try to have the psychosocial um, interaction, make sure that the, the, the patient understands that we are there for them through the whole um, process. We're not going to, um, you know, remove ourselves just because it, the the road gets rocky. We actually step up to the plate when there is more increased anxiety. A serious illness can also affect the family members as well. Toby and her family utilize palliative care as a place to talk about their anxieties and frustrations. Not only with the pain management, which was obviously a severe issue, but um, with the family members, with the stress level, with, you know, my mom, my husband, my, you know, kids, they have, um, you know, they take the whole family and they look at it and they, what can we do? We're here for you. And I was like, who are these people? <laughs> it's just not treating Toby. It's It's treating the whole family through this process. And, you know, talk about her feelings and, and listen to what she says instead of just, oh, I, I you know, acknowledging her. We have to listen and, and see how it's affecting her daily life and how, if there's anything we can do besides the, besides medication, because that's only a, a, 
a part, small part of what we do. How can we get her to understand that we're on her side and that we believe her? The nurse comes um, once a week, and um, they also have a social worker if you need it. And they just come and they sit and they, they do the medical part, you know. And then they ask things like, how are you? But it's not, you know, how are you? It's what? What do we, what can we help you with? And they mean it. With pain and anxiety being managed day to day and with the lines of communication open, Toby is now able to set small goals and focus on accomplishing them. This can be as simple as getting outside or attending important family events. So I got to go to my brother's wedding in Reno, um, which would have never happened before because I was able to go and able to actually enjoy you know, myself. Toby is now focused on letting others know about palliative care. Palliative care is so important, and so many people with chronic illness just don't even know about it. You know, I always think about the people that are still out there that are suffering like I was that don't have that mom that's a nurse or can advocate for themselves. It's just, it breaks my heart. Reflecting on her palliative care journey so far, Toby says palliative care was a difference maker. Palliative care helped me with my quality of life. I mean, that is the bottom line. I mean, I'm able to, you know, have conversations now and not be in such excruciating pain where I can't even open my eyes and I'm comfortable going to the the clinic and even advocating to my other doctors through, you know, being validated through palliative care. It, It just helped every aspect of of my life. For anybody who has a chronic illness, we encourage people to speak up for yourselves because palliative care is so new and if you don't ask for it, if you don't seek it, you know, it's, it may or may not be offered to you because it's so new and, you know, and in Toby's case, we have encouraged her and empowered her to speak up for herself. So when she's in the healthcare sector, she says, I am a palliative care patient, I understand, and I, I, I need my, my palliative care team to help me manage my symptoms. To find out how you can ask for palliative care, visit getpalliativecare.org.